portion of scripture we'll get to here in a minute, but the tail end of that scripture, it says, Be ye therefore wise as serpents and harmless as doves. Okay, and I, I just believe that the when we, this time of year, okay, this like kicks off in uh, Americans' mind. I mean, it, it's okay that folks, you know, three-day weekend, they go camping or hot dogs, whatever they're doing tonight. All that's okay. That's fine. But the concept of this like, this time or dispensation, the summertime, it kicks off a time of fun, relaxation, um, kind of almost laying down the sword and the shield, almost uh, the extra daylight, the extra time to work, do stuff, plant flowers, cut grass, grow a garden, all that kind of stuff that kind of uh, sucks our strength and our time. And um, I believe God would want us to be wise as serpents in this time and yet gentle as doves. There are still lions and wolves out there that want to destroy the flock here at New Hope. And even when I think of the class of uh, courageous that we had on Wednesday, ladies in here praying and seeking and crying out to God for the men that are over in the fellowship hall. And I think we at least had 70 men over there on a Wednesday night. I mean, it's just incredible. And as we challenge them to be men of God, courageous as far as building their families or taking control of their families or whatever, do you understand that the enemy is not going to say, gosh darn, okay? I mean, he is really going to do his thing. He's really going to come at us uh, as a whole and as individuals, and I call that the lions and the wolves, Long time ago, I preached a message called Lion Hunting, and it just came from a, a day or an afternoon, whatever it was, I can't remember, it was so long ago, <clears throat> that uh, I was in my office and, and came out of my office, remember, to, I don't know, go to lunch, something, I can't remember for what reason, and I saw these big old dog prints all over the porch of my office and kind of around it for a while, and, you know, me and dogs, uh, I just don't like them. Only good dog's a porcelain dog. And sorry, but that's just the way it is. I mean, it was big, big. And it just made me instantly, God gave me a message about lion tracks and that the lion is seeking whom he may devour. Just as this big old dog, maybe as friendly as can be, was just sniffing and snooping around wherever, my office looking for a morsel or something on the ground and made these tracks it's as if I feel and sense that we could be entering in a time like that. And so this is not to, by any means to panic you. You have the upper hand. I mean, you really do. you got the living God inside of you. All this is is maybe to confirm or maybe to turn on a light or just to make you a little more vigilant. Like, I, I got it's right. I better start paying attention. These meetings going on with courageous and the guys is just not going to be whimpered at by the enemy. He's going to roar at it. He's going to come against it, come against me, come against us, come against you, anything and anybody that has anything to do with furthering the gospel. I told the men in the very first class, if these, as I was looking at them, actually overwhelmed to see all of them there, I just felt like if these guys get this, if we could just get it and start crying out to God, not only will we turn this church around, we can turn this city around, turn the state around, when men start to stand up and get a hold of God, truly get a hold of them, not just nod their heads, and this is a cute little Bible study, and you put the book away on your shelf with all the other hundreds of books, but something that happens inside. And so as we enter this time in this dispensation, even when you're tired and weary, it's a time to be on guard. 
So now, Judges 14.5 is where I wanted to start. And this is with Samson, who was actually a great judge, a powerful judge for over 20 years. Okay, but it's kind of like at the back end of the scripture we want to look at. And he came to the vineyards of Timnath, and behold, a young lion roared against him. The enemy comes and roars against us. And the enemy, uh, that roar is, the definition is kind of like a conquering lion. Like you're dead meat. You go ahead and have these classes. Or you go ahead and stir up. Or you go ahead and seek the Spirit of God. I'm talking about us and you as an individual. The enemy comes around and tries to declare, you're dead meat. You're mine. There's not a thing you can do about it. And this is exactly what was going on in this area of life with Samson. And I believe as summer comes in and settles down hot, man, you don't want to do anything in days like this, no alone raise up a sword or defend somebody in the name of the Lord or, or press into the kingdom of Almighty God. You're doing good to make it from your car to the front door. It's just so hot and oppressive, mixed with the daylight and all the things you got to do and all the things that summer brings. And then on top of it, the kids are out of school. So it becomes very exhausting sometimes and, and very pressing upon you. And the enemy just waits for those moments. And this is a young lion. This is one looking to dominate, take over the pride. Not the old king. He goes so long and a, a lion will come and challenge him and drive him off and he'll take over. And so this is exactly what was about to happen. This young lion roared against Samson. And I can sense that, a lion or a wolf, however you want to look at it. So 1 Peter 5.8 tells us now to be sober. As we enter into this, don't be drunk on the summer activities. Take your vacations. Frolic in the ocean. I'm not coming against any of that. I'm just talking about don't lay down your sword and your shield. We are in a war, an absolute war. So it says be sober, be vigilant, meaning on guard, because your adversary, who is the devil, you have an adversary, does not like you, nor will he ever like you. He is your adversary, God names him, the devil, as a young, conquering, roaring lion. Walketh about, just like around my office, seeking whom he may devour. And there are times in my life that I have felt weak and vulnerable. So it's not, it's not a time of like denying that stuff. It's time of saying, God, we gotta, we gotta run to you. For Christians, Satan is a lion who may roar. And I know that you're sitting there and you're probably thinking, and I know that you understand that he has been defeated at the cross. And that's true. And we know that. Yet, at times, the sound of his roar, his deceptive lies are still potent. They still attack our faith. And sometimes they still cause us to run in fear. And I believe that you're fibbing to me if you say that's not true. Just sometimes he catches us off guard. He catches us weak. Things happen. Uh, circumstances, things that you never thought. Family members turn against you. Family members leave Christ. Friends that used to serve God and stand by with you. And the lion roars, this young, strong lion. So we look to the Word of God at a time of dispensation, God. What should we do? James 4, 7 says, to submit yourself 
Submit yourself, therefore, to God, to the Word of God. Submit yourself in obeying the things of God and what God says that we should do in a time like this. Preached the message a long, long time ago. I can't remember when the last time I, I brought it up. It was on the seasons. <clears throat> you know, spring's a time of growth. Wonderful spring. And then summer, those hot trials of summer. And yet God always gives you a way of escape because he brings the fall. And you can get that first nip in the air and you go, oh, man, summer's about ended. Fall. We love fall. And then there comes the death of winter, all your roses, everything that was beautiful. And so God the, the, God gives us these different seasons, but the enemy also knows, and he looks for them. And God tells you to submit yourself, therefore, to God. Submit yourself in obedience to the king. Yes, Lord. And you bow to the word. And then it goes on and says, resist the devil. This is a time of resisting, and God says he will flee. From you. So you must submit yourself to God and then you must resist the enemy. This means to stand against the devil's deceptions, his roars and his lies that he that he just kind of conquers us with so easily at times. His efforts to intimidate. This is a mess, you're a mess. Nothing will ever come of this. Various things he screams into your heart trying to pollute your faith and believing and trusting God. So you are to stand against the devil's deceptions and his efforts to intimidate you. As we resist the devil, we are promised by God that he will flee. And that's the promise and that's the acid test that you believe in the word of God no matter what's going on. No matter how many scars you have on you from the battle, you resist. God says he will flee. Don't go into this summer vacation just or idea of just relaxation. Everything's cool. Everything's wonderful. Winter's gone. No, you must stay vigilant. You must stay, stay sober spiritually, spiritually to the things that are going on. This word resist comes from two Greek words. The word stand and the word against. That's where we get our word resist from those Greek words. James tells us to stand against the devil, to stand against him, to look him dead in the eye. There was a movie that I wanted to see. I think I mentioned it to you. It was a movie about wolves. They crashed somewhere, and there was wolves. Screened the movie, and they had more bad words in the movie than you can put on 20 of our hands. Okay, so I didn't go see it. But in the trailer where they keep all those words out as you watch it on TV, they showed them kind of in a circle, small campfire, little fires going on, and all these glowing eyes around them. And the majority of the men were panicking, saying, what's that? And the other one says, those are wolves. And the one guy said, stand firm and stare right at them. This is what God is calling us to do. In the face of the wolves. And they far outnumbered the people. And they were far stronger than the people. But God is calling us to stand and steer them down. And God said, they will flee from you. And this is where we are spiritually. We are to stand against. Steer the devil down. 
Satan can be set running by the resistance of the lowest believer who comes in the authority and in the name of Jesus Christ. And that's me. We can even look at a part where Samson rips a line apart by his, uh, and, and the Bible goes on and says, and he had nothing in his hands. And I come to God all the time, God, I have nothing in my hands. No great intellect, no great wisdom, no great power. We come with nothing. Yet the Spirit of God can come upon you and you can rent the enemy's lies. If we stand against, if we run, they're on you. And so this is what we do. We stand by prayer. We stand by crying out to God. Uh, someone just made mention when I was walking and didn't get it till now. But I just was making a little joke of the three ladies standing there and they were talking. Do you remember that game, Red Rover, Red Rover? I dare you to come over. And the whole thing was you would lock arms. And they would try to pick the weakest link and then ride and throw their whole body on your arms to bust your hands. But at times you could hold them and you almost impel them. They would just dangle in the air on your arms because you won't let them through. And this is what God's calling us to do as we enter this time of hot trials in people's lives. As you lock arms together as they are stumbling and falling in their faith, crumbling, giving up maybe in their faith, yet you lock arms and you tell the enemy, I dare you to come over and try to take out one of my friends or one of my family members, no matter what they're doing. And you cry out to God. You resist them and you stare down the enemy because they can't for whatever reason. God even tells us in Matthew 10, verse 16, listen, God never pulls punches. He tells you straight up. God says, behold, in other words, listen up. I'm sending you forth as sheep in the midst of wolves. So when you turn the corner and you're doing something for God, all of a sudden you hear the snarls and the growls. You see the glowing eyes. Don't think you made a wrong turn. God says, that's where I'm sending you. Now stare them down with the word of God. Fight for your brothers and your sisters. Stand up against the wiles of the enemy and the trickery. This is exactly what we are to do. As Matthew 10 tells you, Behold, I send you forth as sheep in the midst of wolves. And here comes this wisdom. Be ye therefore wise as serpents and harmless as doves. You take it out on the enemy, not the fallen brother. Wise. Use wisdom at this time in our church, in our ministry, stuff that's going on. Gathering workers for VBS. The enemy despises that. He loves setting little landmines that no one's paying any attention to. And we just kind of walk as a group and don't even realize it. Boom! A whole something blows up in the church. If we stay sharp with the things of God, we could be going somewhere or walking or doing something, whether it's VBS or who knows what, and just be on set on alert saying, there's something not right here. Even though that makes no sense to your eyes, you can sense something in the Spirit of God, and you go, look, look here. It's a landmine. Lions and wolves all over, all the time. 
Nehemiah tells us what to do, which I just made mention a little bit. But look at it in the Word of God. Nehemiah 4.14, he says, And I looked, and I rose up. Those are some cool words there. You need to look. Man, God tells us all the time we have eyes and can't see, ears and can't hear. So Nehemiah comes along, and he says, And I looked, and I rose up, and I said unto the nobles, to the rulers, and to the rest of the people, Be not ye afraid of them. All the wolves and the lions that are around us that way have the mastery on us when it comes to strength and ability and leaping ability. Everybody was bent out of shape that the police shot all those wild animals that got loose. Yeah, how do you like to have been out there? With your little cage opened up. That Jack guy from Columbus said he had a close buddy absolutely die because he was loading his tranquil gun. Instead of just blasting the thing, he said the thing was at least 20 feet away and leaped on him with one leap. 20 feet! And this is what the enemy does to us if we're not ready. I was told in a concealed and carry class, which I'm not right now, the guy said, if you're going to shoot, shoot to kill. And this is where we're at in this spiritual world. This is what we're talking about. We have people, brothers and sisters and families and children floundering. Some about ready to give up. Some seem to be crawling in the wrong direction. Yet you must stand and lock arms. I dare you. Nehemiah says, I looked and I rose and I said unto the nobles and to the rulers and to the rest of the people, be not ye afraid of them. Remember the Lord. Remember the Lord, New Hope. Remember who saved you. Remember who filled you with the Holy Ghost. Remember all the deliverances you've gotten from God. All the answers when you just shake your head. and I don't understand how he's kept me and took care of me. Remember the Lord. Nehemiah says to the people, <clears throat> be not ye afraid and remember the Lord, which is great and terrible. And then he tells us, and fight for your brethren, your sons, your daughters, your wives, and your houses. Fight for them. Not just a moment of silent prayer, but a fight. Stare them down. Enemy! Start beating the bushes where he's at. Remember when I would uh, lion hunt, or uh, I think it was more of a uh, Bengal tiger hunt? Somewhere out there, and it becomes a man-eater. <clears throat> and when it had enough, and when the family or tribe or whatever they were would finally come to their senses and say, you know, don't you think eight people's enough to lose? And so they start gathering their pots and their pans, <clears throat> start clanging them, looking for the enemy. Not, not hoping that he doesn't come. Looking for him. Where are you? And this is what the church, a spirit-filled church does. Looks for the enemy and drives him from the camp. Drives him from those who are too weak or too wounded at the moment. <clears throat> Again, Judges 14.5 says this, Then went Samson down and his father and his mother to Timnath, and came to the vineyards of Timnath, and behold, a young lion roared against him. Now look, look what, this, the, what God's word says. And the spirit of the Lord came mightily upon him. 
I mean, Samson probably had this physique at best because no man's going to boast. Probably there was some stick, some Gumby character, and all of a sudden the Spirit of God comes upon him mightily, the Word of God says. Think of it! Go home and watch some National Geographic something. If there's a lion, look at them, how they tear apart and rip things to shreds. Samson did that to the lion because of the Spirit of the Lord that's in every one of you. The Spirit of the Lord came upon him, and he rent him as he would have rent a kid. Look, and he had nothing in his hands. Man, I believe he was huffing and puffing. Sorry, ladies, probably covered in blood, dead animal all around, steaming. He's going, <laughs> and he has nothing in his hands. And he's probably going like I would do. God, I can't believe you did this. That's what. That's how we enter the season, this time. That's the, the security that we need in this church. Thank God for those that will patrol and walk around, just keep a good eye. But this is kind of the, the security that we need. These kind of people that will cry out and pray. It says we need the Holy Spirit to pour on us tonight mightily. We have brothers and sisters that are wallowing in doubt and disbelief and just can't handle for whatever reason. The Holy Spirit of God wants to come upon us and give us this power. God says he's no respecter of persons, but not power to just rip apart some animal, but power to rip apart the spiritual uh, lion that comes against us, to just shred his attempts as he comes to torment and hinder the move of God in this church. This is what we need. Power to stand in the gap for others. I dare you to come over. When everything in the world tells you that your mere physique and body and muscle mass is impossible to keep back the enemy, yet you do. Because the Spirit of God poured on upon you. You believe that? Are you ready to humble yourself? Are you ready to humble yourself and you go before God, even tonight, and say, God, We've got to cry out to you. You've got to move tonight, Lord. Forgetting that picnic time and tomorrow. We're here right now, God. And we're asking you to move. We have family on the brinks of destruction. We have friends on the edge of eternal damnation. And only you can cry out to God. Because you have the Spirit of God inside of you. Who cries, Abba, Father! on behalf of those who just can't. When we come to this altar, find a prayer partner. Bring your wife. Team up. Cry out. Stand in the gap for the family of new hope. Come against the enemy. Drive him out of here. Lift up friends and family who are stumbling in their walk, for whatever reason. Talking to your friends and family just doesn't cut it. We've talked. We've called. Said, what are you doing? It takes a move of God now to reach his hand down inside and to turn a man or a woman's heart. 
It takes a group that will come together and lock arms, and that will cry out to God. <clears throat> Not some token little gesture. Isaiah 61, 1 tells us, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. This is what I want to happen to you tonight when you come and you stand before the living and the dead or the living and the dying. But you come by faith and you stand here and maybe you can't even think of anybody, but you stand all of a sudden God starts to drop names into your mind, into your heart. Even in your mind's eye, you might look back and see them squirming, hardly alive, and you cry out to God for them. Spirit of the Lord of God is upon me because he hath anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives in the opening of the prisons to them that are bound. That's our brothers and sisters for whatever reason. Swallowed lies, being sucked up by lies, by the young, roaring, intimidating lion to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance to our God, to comfort all that mourn. This is our job. To appoint unto them that mourn in Zion, to give unto them beauty for ashes. Ashes heaped, burned, lives ruined, rubble, trash heap. You say, how dare you to come over as you cry out to God as he does his miracle regeneration work upon those. We cannot let the enemy have a free-for-all. Pick and choose who he wants, when he wants, as many times as he wants. And just say, huddled up in your house with your little family, saying, I hope it's not Johnny, I hope it's not Johnny. To give unto them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. And he might be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he might be glorified. This is what God's wanting. For you and I to cry out together against the enemy. And I don't have to pass a list to Lenny and give him names. God will drop them in his heart. People I might not even know of in his life and circle. And you... We need to go lion hunting. We need to beat the bushes with prayer. Where are you? I'm sick and tired of you messing with my family or my household or my health or my church or my pastor. Whoever, whatever, or the men. Well, where? We're putting you on notice. We're coming for you. We're looking for you. And when we find you, we're going to drive you out in Jesus' name. This is what we must do. No great new revelation. This is just what we must do. Ephesians tells us, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood. We wrestle not with those that are floundering for whatever reasons. I can't believe it. Come on, come on, brother. It just doesn't work. So we don't wrestle with intellect and just sitting down and, and chatting. We don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, things, demonic things, in power and in positions, who have pulled some type of revolt and took places that we should be sitting in. 
and now is using your loved ones and family members as little puppets and toys on a big chessboard against powers, against the rulers of darkness, against spiritual wickedness in high places. We're not going pawn hunting. We're going king and queen hunting. We're going knight hunting. We're looking for the bishop. We're taking out the big guys. Spiritual wickedness. Rulers of darkness against principalities and against powers. And let me remind you that your weapons are not carnal. They're not. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. As we come together, hook arms, we can pull down strongholds. Way more than I just can by myself. <laughs> and 10, 12 other people come, pull them down. Dumb parallel, just trying to move. Looking at my house, it's got a nice finished basement, then the floor, if you were in my house, our main floor, and then the loft up there. And I'm looking at that, oh my gosh. Legs aren't like they used to be, backs not that swell, muscles, I don't know what happened to them. Looking at that, look like a stronghold. Until about 15 young men came and just whisked right through that place. By myself, it'd been, oh my gosh, I'm half dead with the 15. It's the way it is. And so you put this spiritually pulling down strongholds by myself. I go, oh my gosh. And next thing I know, another comes alongside. And then another, then another, then another, then another. And then all of a sudden we're going, we're looking for you now. You see the eyes glow, you go after them. Spiritual warfare. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. That's what we're called to do. And again, look, Enjoy your vacation. <laughs> Just don't leave your sword. Take it with you on vacation. If you're going to sit on the beach, great. Bake yourself as you read the sword, as you sharpen that thing. Keep it sharp. Let's not go brain dead. Our spiritual weapons are scorned by the world. <laughs> scorned by the world, but feared by demonic demons. Absolutely feared by them. When we fight with the truth, the Word of God, and prayer, no principality or power can stand against us. None whatsoever. By yourself, getting beat up, the lion comes sniffing, thinking, man, I can have lunch with this person until we show up. Put a perimeter around you and say, I dare you to come over in prayer as you cry out. You got to. We must for this ministry to move, for this group that assembles up here to be anointed. Oh, they could sing the way they want for the next 40, 50 years but for the anointing to be able to go higher into the things in the presence of God, for God to show up thicker and richer and deeper. you got to fight. Who or what do you want to come against tonight?
should be registered. Who or what? That filthy thing has taken my child away. That lie he's believing, she's believing. Pulling down strongholds. The strongholds we're going to attack. Strongholds, I think, I didn't look it up. I'm pretty sure maybe from years of studying, I think it's stronghold is kind of like a castle. You look at a castle, impregnated castle, you just can't take it down. But you can in prayer. You can talk to it. You can say, come on, castle. You're doing the wrong thing. You're hardening your heart. What's the matter with you? No, we, we need God to do stuff. And these strongholds in this context are wrong thoughts. People get wrong thoughts and they build castles out of them. Wrong perceptions, wrong ideas, contradicting the truth and the knowledge of God and the things of God. And they build a castle and a stronghold from it. And you've got to come in with the power of God and say, we come against that in the name of Jesus. There's only one thing left to do. And that's to pray. So I'm inviting you to come to this, this altar. Uh, and I, I really do. I hope that you grab a hand and you cry out to God with somebody over whatever and get a hold of God. Lock arms. Our people in here, hearts are broken over situations. And a lot of times you can be aware of them. And you say, tonight we're going looking for the enemy. And we're going to drive him from your family or from your mind. Because he's lying to you. Let's stand They're going to put on some type of music, whatever they do. I'm hoping that you understand what you have to do. I want you to come to this army, this altar, and be that army that God is calling us to be. Come with a different fervency. Come with a stirring. Even if you don't have it yet, stir yourself. Believing God will ignite the fire that needs to be in us so that you can call upon God. And God will really sense your need and your urgency.